0: 97.1 FM Talk
2: Podcast.
3: Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, welcome in. Mark Cox here, along with my partner, Bo Matthews, and producer Carl Middleman. Merry Christmas. Happy that you're along, and boy, do we have a story to tell you today. I, I'm I'm so looking forward to our interview coming up, Bo Matthews, with our friend, uh, your friend, Jim Allen, I should mention. And if you think you've got a good hunting story, I'm going to tell you, this guy is about to top it. So would you agree with that? <laughs>
4: uh you know I've, I've known the man for a long time and it's so strange to see the the where he has come in life uh he he the first time i met him he was my tattoo artist he's, he did a big back piece for me years and years and years ago this guy used to he used to tattoo his own legs so he's already <laughs> extreme if you will if it's on your uh, back but,
0: that means you've never seen it
4: well i've seen pictures and i've seen reflections <laughs> mm-hmm. thanks for asking um <laughs> It's, a, it's just a thing. Anyway, I've known him for a long time, and I've seen him go from, like, you know, insurance salesman, tattoo artist, uh, a, a car restorer, to now he's, like, the CEO of this huge tech company here in St. Louis, in the St. Louis area. And I call him the big onion because he has so many layers to the guy. It's just, it's it's incredible. And he's a motivational speaker, too. So, there yeah. you
3: go. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, looking forward to that. We'll have that coming up for you a little later in the show. I know, Bo... We we are still you've still got a couple of tickets left for for your your gun drawing uh, the the 12 guns that will be drawn through the course of the year for the Eureka Police Officers Association. Right.
4: Yeah. First drawing was this past Friday at 3 p.m. Right. And uh, and and if there's any tickets available at, from this point forward, I don't know. I think we were down to singles. Uh, I had like four okay. um, on Thursday morning, but uh, it, I don't know. There's only 250. You've got you've got one at least one yes and the drawing happens, so now there's 11 more and if, if if you're not the winner of this first one uh and you're in the drawing well your name stays in for all of them so you're hoping for did you look at the list which one do you which one are you after first
3: um well i don't have the list in front of me i did look at it i mean there's nothing on there that i wouldn't take but like there's a couple of full <laughs> a couple of full-size handguns that uh, i was looking at. i think there were a couple of glocks on there and... i think you like
0: september oh, yeah. Was your favorite?
3: I'm trying to remember. I I don't have Glock 19x. Yeah, yeah. I don't have. I don't have a full size Glock. I've got. I've got a smaller couple small. Well, I do have a full size 20, but I don't have a full size 9. So the Glock 20, which is a 10
4: millimeter. uh, According to Tim Holliday, he says the most sought after, the hardest gun to get, was the Smith and Wesson 69 44 Magnum handgun. Oh yeah, that that'll be October next year. But again. There's all kinds of other ones that you can win between now and then. So hopefully you got a ticket.
3: Absolutely. And it all goes to a fantastic cause. You know what i got to do? I've I've mentioned this on the show before. I have um, been a deer hunter for 30 years, right? Uh, Haven't had a great deal of success at it, but I've done it. (laughs) Not the last two years. And and I listen to Tim Shelsvik and others who give me tips on how to do it well. And I go into the woods, and, and I'm often leave disappointed. But regardless, what I've learned is it's a very solitary time. And and recently, I have been invited uh, on more than one occasion to go duck hunting, and I really think I'm I'm a new fan to duck hunting. If I could if I could just duck hunt all the time, I'd be happy. Now the season's only two months long, but I got an opportunity to go this week, and boy, did we have a great time! The the weather wasn't perfect for duck hunting. I think um, overcast, even low cloud cover and snow is the ideal time apparently to go duck hunting during the season. We haven't had any of that this year. Mm, so we not go at all. we went out we went out on Wednesday afternoon and it was partly sunny and you know it was in the 40s. It wasn't super cold. We just had a great time. We we Was ended that your up shooting, son in the picture? Yeah, we ended up shooting four ducks and we uh we had a good we just had a great time. Wait, you texted and us that you got two ducks. Well, we we didn't have a dog with us, right? And I would never refer to my son as a dog. How about as a retriever? Ah. So we were using my son, who was the youngest uh, person with us, with young legs to walk out through the muck looking for the other two ducks that we know went down, and we never located them. It's possible mm. they hit the water and then swam off, that they were just couldn't fly, but they were still healthy enough to swim. So we, we did shoot four. We only recovered two of them. Well, when you're
4: time. dressing out a duck, uh, is it hard to get the pellets out of the meat or?
3: No, I'd uh, say it's no different than um, than a pheasant or any other large game. I mean, you see it. Right. You can see where it's gone in. You can use a knife to dig in and get the pellet out, generally speaking. And, and how long have you been doing this for how long, duck hunting? Well, no. I mean, I... I Probably first one about ten years ago, but I hadn't done it in a few years, and then I, in the last couple of years, I've been lucky enough to know some people who are members at a couple of duck clubs up in St. Charles County, and they have invited right, me to right. go with them, which is nice because you you've got a nice, um, you know, you're 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 in a blind that's built for that. It's a steel blind that's sunk down in the ground, and they 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 grow the. Porn in the fields and then they they cut it down and then they flood the fields and the, the ducks are attracted to that as a food source so um, love that yeah love that. It's, it's 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 very nice so it's great is, to is it know hard? somebody who belongs to a duck club <laughs> if
4: i could yeah it. i mean did somebody had to show you how to dress out a duck right once you well, once you get it oh
3: uh, well actually hard? here's the thing that's about, the thing about oh, you know, a duck club like, like i know i can dress a pheasant and i can dress a lot of game birds like that's pretty easy you just pretty much just the 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 chest. Well, I don't want to get into details. It's pretty easy. I can't swear how easy it is with a duck because when you go to one of these duck hunting clubs, particularly there in St. Charles County, there's somebody there that does that for you. So I I didn't actually have to dress any of the ducks. When I go to Canada
0: to the resort, they
3: clean the fish for you. They clean the fish for you, yeah. So I can't answer your question, Bo Matthews. I'm sorry.
4: Well, there's the one percenters that get out of here great outdoors. <laughs> no, 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 no,
3: no, no, That is that is not the case, but uh, it is nice. It's a nice little perk, I'll have to say.
4: Uh, but no dogs. Do they have dogs or do oh, they, yeah, they were yeah. busy? Some or? people
3: have dogs. It just is so happening. You bring your own dog. It just so you You could bring your own dog if it's a retriever, if it's trained to retrieve. We just didn't happen to have one this week when we went, so. Right. Wow. That's, Wednesday that's afternoon. Cool if I took if I took my golden retriever up there, we'd never see her again. I mean, she would just <laughs> take off running and keep going. Uh, so you have to have one that's trained and that sits there and waits. Like the minute the guns start firing, the dog is just looking every which direction and then right. can't wait to head out and it's watching for a bird to fall and then it just tracks him down. So you have
0: done this we, with we probably, dogs? Oh
3: yeah, we probably would not have missed those other two had we had an actual dog with us because with its nose it would have found the birds unlike my son not to talk to him about that come on brad wow. <laughs> just go on brad what and are you
4: doing? and that's got to be an easy ask i mean it was a wednesday afternoon you called him up you oh, said right. hey I, this is what i want to do
3: and he was like yeah yeah and he jumped in absolutely that's great actually he invited me and, <laughs> oh he's, and he's got the contact time. he's yeah, got the in fant- yeah it was fantastic thank you
4: and, and like you know, nobody wants to be cats in the cradle, but, I mean, anytime you can get
3: with your kid, right, you <laughs> yeah. want to hang out with yeah, them. Yeah, we had a great time. And um, th- thanks to our friend Mark for hosting us. We we appreciated that. It was great. It was great. So, so if I were to Google search uh, duck
4: hunting, just duck hunting clubs, or do you have to know somebody? Well, Is I mean, there are some or... public
3: duck hunting uh, places where you can go. It's a little more challenging. There may or may or may not be a blind available Um Whereas I don't, I assume you would just have to find a place to sit down in the in the cornstalks and wait. If that's the case, but I've never done that, so I don't know what all is involved in that. Maybe we can get somebody on talking about it who who duck hunts on public land, which would would be um would would involve some skills that I've never had to learn. Does that right. make sense? Wear
0: well, orange. I, I sh- Okay. Don't so wear, wear orange. Never... don't wear orange. No,
3: you wear camouflage because the ducks will run. You have to wear a camouflage hat and camouflage clothing, and then the blind is camouflaged with with uh, corn stalks. So the so you blind. Movement ducks? will scare the ducks away. They don't. They can. They see colors apparently. So you do not want to wear orange.
0: So, but then, how do you protect yourself from other hunters?
3: Well, it, we were in a metal duck blind. Yes, and you're not shooting <laughs> at the ground. I... You're shooting up in the air. So.
4: Okay, so you know it's it's kind of like 2023 is a highlight for me because I, I I've done skeet shooting now yes. out of St. Louis Skeet and Trap. Uh, I I guess it's you know somebody suggests hey come on out and do this, and and I and I even drove home that very first time and I I told my wife on the phone I'm like you know we had a great time I was terrible at it so I probably won't go back <laughs> I've been back five times yes. now this year <laughs> it's great but because I love it I mean I you know I just I love that challenge. And it's like bowling. You want to get better. You want to get bigger. Very true.
3: That's a good point. Well, well, I can't wait to get back out there with your Boat, and uh, shoot some more trap. In the meantime, we're talking uh, crime numbers and Second Amendment protections in the state of Missouri. We're honored to have Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, who's going to join us for Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, talking about the efforts he's making to protect your Second Amendment rights if you live in the state of Missouri. You, you may not think they're under fire, but guess what? They are uh, oh, by yeah. the mayor of St. Louis, for example. And we'll find out what Attorney General Bailey is doing on that issue coming up here in just a couple of minutes on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors.
4: you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port,
1: Chicago, Illinois.
4: Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. My name is Bill Matthews, alongside Mark Cox and our executive producer, Carl Middleton. Pew, pew. And this uh, segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory in DePair. And just in time for Christmas, a huge six-hour sale going on. Go in. If you don't know what to buy, the Second Amendment supporter in your family or on your list, just go in and get them a gift card. They will absolutely love the uh, the uh, the store there in DePair. Check them out, RazorbackArmory.com. On the Missouri Brush Control guest line, Finally, a chance for me to talk to the Missouri Attorney General, Andrew Bailey. I was at a fundraiser last night at the old house in Kimswick, which was a, a wonderful event, but he was a busy guy. Got to shake his hand, and uh, and that was about it. He came by our table. Andrew, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Hey,
2: guys. Thanks for having me on. It
4: was a, it was a great event last night that uh, Sheriff Marshak put on. Um, how many of these things do you do in a, in a year's time, do you think?
2: You know, we stay pretty busy. We're statewide, so we'll be in uh, Jasper County one day and then Stoddard County the next, but it's great, you know, getting out there, meeting with uh, everyday working Missourians and understanding the issues they're facing and how important it is to them that we continue to fight to preserve our freedom, our safety, and our prosperity.
3: Yeah, well it's a, it's a daily struggle to be honest with you, which is kind of hard to believe. I mean in a red state like Missouri, we look at we look at how they're destroying the second amendment over in Illinois, you'd think oh, we'd right there. you'd think we'd have it pretty good over here and then we've got people like the mayor of St. Louis for example and the mayor out in Kansas City who who want to be able to preempt state law when it comes to guns.
2: Yeah, and it's totally illegal and unconstitutional. We're not going to let progressive city leaders destroy our right to keep and bear arms. I'll tell you this, I believe that the rights codified in the Bill of Rights come from God, not man. The Constitution exists to protect us from the government, the best way we can do that is ha- by having an armed citizenry. And certainly the founders understood that. That's why they put the Second Amendment in the Bill of Rights. And here in Missouri, we've got Article 1, Section 23 of the Missouri Constitution, which is an even more robust protection of our right to keep and bear arms. And you're absolutely right in the fact that state law, preempt any local control on that issue. And anything the state would even try to do is subject to strict scrutiny, meaning the government would have to show a compelling interest and a means narrowly tailored to achieve that interest. But this is all just uh, you know political posturing, anyway. Tashara Jones knows gun control doesn't work. Look at those text messages that she turned over as part of a sunshine request earlier this year, where she talked about how gun control didn't work in Chicago at all and utterly failed. And in fact, Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws in America and is one of the most dangerous cities in America. So she has conceded that gun control doesn't work. At the end of the day, we need to be enforcing the laws on the books now to go after criminals, not gun owners.
4: 100%. 100%. You know, one of the conversations that I had last night at your fundraiser, Mr. Bailey, uh, was with uh, Jefferson County Prosecuting Attorney Stefanski, and uh, we even had the uh, pastor there, and we were all talking about how people used to go to the Miracle Mile in Chicago and go shopping. I mean, people from St. Louis would jump on a train or jump in their car and run up. There and people, I've ne- I haven't heard anybody doing that in a few years, and even downtown, when you know one city place uh, mall downtown with seven or eight levels, you know that was a a place that people went to, and people just don't feel that safety. So my question to you is, what is the next step when you hear of the numbers, the hundreds of uh, police officers we are down in just the city of St. Louis? What is what is uh the Missouri Attorney generals say to something like that? How do we fix that?
2: Well, we've got to continue to build a culture of law and order and support the men and women in law enforcement that put their lives on the line every day to keep the rest of us safe. And uh, certainly we're doing that here at the Missouri Attorney General's office. We've seen a 133% increase in requests for my office to prosecute cases at the trial court level because of the great work we do holding wrongdoers accountable, putting the bad guys away. Look, the streets will be safer if we enforce the laws on the books and put bad guys away. And that silenced a lot of the garbage from the left. Uh, They no longer it's the criminals who are using guns against honest gun owners. That's the problem. It's not a Second Amendment issue. I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to fight to protect our rights and keep and bear arms to protect ourselves when these cities refuse to enforce the laws. And so that's exactly what's going on in Chicago. And I agree, like we can't let radical progressives destroy our cities like they have cities in other states. But at the end of the day, it's about it's about freedom, safety, and prosperity.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey joining us right now. What's your take on the situation in the City Circuit Attorney's Office? Now, I know Gabe Gore is now running for that office officially. Um, he's, he's come out and claimed that I guess he's doubled the number of prosecutions over the same time period of Kim Gardner a year ago. Do you, do you have a feeling that not only things are going in the right direction, but that he's doing the right things down there?
2: Yeah, look, this is a new day in, in St. Louis, in the city of St. Louis, and in the entire region. Uh, and crime isn't just localized. I mean, the criminals in St. Louis, when Kim Gardner was refusing to do her job, those criminals crossed city lines, crossed county lines, and it was affecting all of Missouri. And it was an inhibitor to any kind of economic development. And certainly the, the victims who suffered because she wouldn't bring wrongdoers to justice, those victims not, never got their day in court under Kim Gardner's reign of terror. And so proud of the work that my office did to have her removed, filing you know, one of the most consequential lawsuits uh, in the city's history. Uh, when we filed the Quo, we action in February after I'd only been in office for less than 45 days to get her removed you know she had a 96 percent non-prosecution rate 96 percent of cases she wouldn't prosecute the four percent she did prosecute she dismissed 39 percent of the four percent she was prosecuting because she couldn't do her job in court and so this had reached a deplorable level and it was absolutely time for the state to move in and again proud of the work we've done i think we're the first attorney general's office in the nation to have successfully removed a soros-backed prosecutor missourians should be proud of that and again Restoring the rule of law and finding justice for victims is a priority. Proud of the work we've done, and I think things are moving in a good direction.
4: You know, I, I, I wanted to ask you a question last night, uh, but we didn't have time to uh, talk, but I'm so glad you're on the show. This is Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. So what do you say to law-abiding gun owners in Missouri as far as what we can do, uh, short of uh, the ballot box, obviously, but what else can we do to preserve this Second Amendment in the state of Missouri?
2: Well, we've got to remain vigilant because we're under attack on all fronts. And I think the state attorney general's office is the 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 vanguard in that fight. We're the we're the tip of the spear in that fight. We've currently got multiple actions pending right now in court to protect our Second Amendment rights. Number one, we're defending the state Second Amendment Preservation Act. You know, this is a, a statute that was enacted by the General Assembly and signed into law by the governor that is really not only a protection of our right to keep and bear arms, but it's also a a codification of the 10th Amendment right of the state's to have authority over their own internal affairs, the federal government does not have authority uh, in certain spaces, and where and the Constitution specifically says that, you know, if, if power is not explicitly given to the federal government or explicitly deprived to the states, then it's reserved to the states and the people of the states. And the Second Amendment Preservation Act is an expression of that doctrine, and so we're defending it at the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. You know, I think that's a really critical piece of, uh, of legislation that could be a model for the rest of the country. Again, this is an expression of the people of the state of Missouri's desire to get the federal government out of our lives and, and to stop regulating things that they have no business regulating. But we've gone on from there. We filed suit against the ATF uh, unconstitutional pistol brace rule. You know, they're trying to make uh, a rule, not a statute, but a rule that would make legitimate gun owners into federal criminals overnight. It includes higher taxes. Uh, longer waiting periods, and a registration program. Those are unconstitutional mandates from the federal government. We filed suit to put a stop to it, but we didn't stop there. We've also got involved in legislation against both California and New York. At the end of the day, those blue states want to make a de facto uh, handgun ban. And in New York, it's especially frightening. Look, they, New York has specifically said that, that they're going to deny uh firearm owners the ability to carry a firearm into places of of worship that place of worship restriction is an attack on our religious freedom as well churches are one of the most targeted uh, locations for mass shooters and that's the number one place where i need to be able to defend myself and my family and so we filed suit on those as well and we'll be uh fighting for our second amendment rights we can't we've got to keep the fight against the enemy in other places so it doesn't come here we got to stay on offense the best defense is always a good off- offense on this. issue.
4: Agree. Agree. But, but again, uh, you know, and we can watch and we're watching uh, with enthusiasm and respect to what your office is doing. But as, as law abiding gun owners in the state of Missouri, is there something we could do? Do we need to write letters? Do we need to contact our, our local, uh, you know, elected officials to just remind them that this is what we are trying to preserve?
2: I think that's absolutely true. I remember when I was 16 years old in high school and I regularly put pen to paper and wrote to our congressional delegation and and state and federal leaders, encouraging them to edify the Second Amendment, to preserve the Second Amendment, to repeal restrictions on our right to keep and bear arms, because it's fundamental to who we are as Americans. What frightens me the most is this left wing talking point where they say, oh, well, certain guns are scary. So we need to ban certain aesthetic, uh, you know, uh, attributes of of firearms. So like an AR-15, oh, well, you know, you can't have a pistol uh, pistol grip. And an extended magazine and a flash suppressor; those don't make the firearm more dangerous, right? I mean, look, it's responsible gun owners know that, and so fighting back against that kind of diatribe, I think, is really critical. And explaining that to uh, congressmen and women who maybe have not been grown up in the you know in the world of, of firearm ownership like you and I have,
3: yeah, very true. Well, we want to respect your time, Mister uh, Attorney General Andrew Bailey, joining us here from Missouri, and uh, keep up the good fight, sir. We we appreciate it.
2: Hey! Thanks. All the best to you and your listeners. Merry Christmas.
3: Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry to Christmas you, sir. to you. Yep. Uh, thank. Thank you for that. Yeah. I'm g- glad to get him on here and get a few minutes of his time to discuss what's going on. I mean, you know, here's the scary thing about this, Bo. He he says that what Kim that what uh, uh, Tish Tishar Jones. I, I'm so used to calling her Mayor Tish. What, you, Tishar- you call her Tish? <laughs> no, mayor Tish, right? Uh, I call uh, it Camp Tish, the homeless camp across from our radio station. Wow, I refer to it as wow. Camp Tish. But anyway, what Tish is trying to do and what the mayor in Kansas City are trying to do, there's going to be an initiative petition on the ballot here in, in November. At least they're trying to gather signatures for it, which would grant cities the right to override state law and have gun laws that are more restrictive that they would override this preemption rule, is what they're claiming. I wish I'd had another minute or two with him. I would like to have asked him if he thought that's even legal. But they want to amend the Missouri Constitution to allow that to take place. And that's this is something – this is why we have to be vigilant. You brought it up. It was a great answer on his part. You th- There's constantly an attempt by people who don't understand the issue – because they want to use words like gun violence well it's not the gun that's violent it's the individual holding it that's violent Amen. but instead yep. they want to restrict your rights as a law-abiding citizen and there's no links to which they won't go to try to do that that's why we have to stay vigilant on them
4: you know uh, I, I brought up the the shopping experience miracle mile and downtown st louis holiday shopping that used to be a thing i'm I, i'm preaching this it used to be a thing <laughs> yeah Am, and, and when I saw so at the table last night, uh, I brought up, I mean, at some point when the the police are so low in staff, I mean, am I wrong to say, do we need the National Guard to like come in and help or, or
3: I don't know? I, I don't know what the answer, the answer is. When we talked about it on my show this week, the, um, the, the, the complaint was, well, we have we're down 300. We get people into the process in the academy and then they get lured away by other municipalities Uh, that are paying more money right so on top of the ferguson effect which is which is dampening people's enthusiasm to take these jobs to begin with then you've got the fact that once they get in the pipeline they know they see they can make more money maybe somewhere else in law enforcement so i think that's i think that's part of the problem
4: yeah maybe more uh, rural location they want to be policing if they're going to be in that line of work Um,
3: going to work for the county or somewhere else right
4: Oh, oh, yeah, man. or yeah, a private yeah, security contractor or whatever. There's there's options, but I don't know. It just, to me, it seems like uh, if you can't enjoy or feel comfortable enjoying all the things that St. Louis or any major city has, then what, what are we doing here?
1: I'm anyway. with you, bro. All
4: right, thanks to uh, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey uh, for being our guest in this segment, brought to you by Razorback Armory on the Missouri Brush Control Guest Line. And coming up next, boy, do we got a story for you. Ooh, man, hog hunting. Hog hunting hand-to-hand combat we're talking about it on second amendment radio and the great outdoors next Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors with Mark Cox. I'm Bo Matthews. And uh we, we promised you a heck of a story. I had pictures, I've seen video, but it's not out there in the public ether yet. Uh, uh. old friend of mine in St. Louis. Uh he is a, an executive with the St. Louis uh a company, a tech space. He's in the tech space. But when I first met him, gosh, what was it, Jim? Twenty-five years ago or more, he was my tattoo artist but he's moved right. right up the ranks <laughs> welcome to second amendment radio and the great great outdoors
5: thank you yeah no it's great uh yeah i've known you a long time bo and definitely i'm an interesting guy to follow my career path has been uh somewhat of a pinball
4: machine, but uh, here I am. so well, uh, and Mark for the record, my nickname for Jim Allen is the big Onion because there's so many layers to this guy and he's about <laughs> six foot ten. Um, <clears throat> and I see that Carl was slacking in his prep uh, for us today because I think he stole his uh, I don't know is this the LinkedIn d- uh, design of of his profile dynamic high energy professional with a strong track record. You know what let's get right down to it. Jim Allen is a dear friend, and uh, he went on a hog hunt that uh, I I thought he was going to say, let's go shoot him from helicopters. But no, Jim, let's set the stage for Mark and uh, Carl and everybody else listening on this hand-to-hand combat hog hunt you went on.
5: Okay, so you know how it kind of went down. So I've been deer hunting. I didn't grow up around it. If there was a gun in my house growing up, I didn't know about it, right? So I, I didn't grow up around this stuff. But about 15 years ago, I got into deer hunting and a little bit of turkey hunting and mostly rifle and then I started getting into uh, a few years back bow hunting and it's just such a different uh, hunt I mean it really is and I, I think what it is is you're just closer it's just a little more intimate is where does that sound so I've really become I've loved uh, bow hunting and I took another deer the bow this year I took one last year so that's been great so I was at a big event and one of our clients actually who's a, 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 a army veteran and a friend he said hey Jim, I, you know, I know you like to hunt. How would you like to go on a hog hunt? I said, man, I would love to do that. Can you strap me to a helicopter? Like, what are we gonna do? And he says, well, we're gonna use knives. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> and I'd never heard of this, right? And and this gentleman, I have massive respect for. But I mean, he is he has served in uh, Ramadi, you know, Bronze Star winner. This guy is a legit uh, amazing human being. And I'm like wow okay tell me more about that so he's like well you know you get this dog and the dog gets on the hog and you just jump in there into the fight and you stab it and i'm like wow that just sounds insanely awesome let's 100 do it like, I like what could possibly <laughs> and, go <yeah>. wrong <laughs> right so then you know that night i'm googling uh you know a hog a tusk injuries and i'm like oh my god <laughs> so and my wife's like, well, this seems very dangerous. And I said, well, that's what makes it exciting. You know, as, as, as young kids and men as we grow up, we're always seeking that adventure. So, you know, I, I was pretty excited about it. So he knows uh, some folks in Tennessee that had a small family farm, and they kind of do this. They host people that come, and usually they do rifle and bow hunting on these hogs for them. And they put you up in a little cabin and teach you, and they kind of take you out. But they do have some dogs, so... You know what? We went down there. I, well, I had to buy a knife. <laughs> All right. So, And, and I'm uh, guessing,
3: I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm guessing this wasn't what might commonly be referred to as a little pig sticker. This must have been like a like a a real knife.
5: Well, I, I'm being honest. I looked on Amazon for pig stickers. <laughs> Did you so I that? sent my buddy, I said, what kind of knife are you using? So he sends me a picture of this knife It looks more like a Bowie knife. I'll bet. If you're familiar with that. Yes. I ended up buying something similar. It's about a 14-inch knife with an eight and a half nine 9-inch blade. And I did learn something about a knife, not the rabbit hole this, but the little groove in the side of the knife is actually called a blood groove. And that's designed to make it easier to pull the knife back out because apparently it's the suction gets stuck in there. It's awesome. oh. So I ended up buying this Bowie knife. Actually, it was a gift ironically, because I bought a different one, and then my brother-in-law found out I was doing this So for my birthday, which is also on Veterans Day. They gave me this knife to use, which was funny because they were kind of against me going to do this, and one of the questions he said was, you know, why would you pick the most brutal method to, to hunt, you know, hunt these hogs, and I said, well, perhaps I recommend you take a trip to the slaughterhouse and I look at the horrors <laughs> hidden beneath the styrofoam trays and mm-hmm. cellophane wrap. But the other thing is, I my instant remark because I'm a little sarcastic was, "Well, it's because of toxic masculinity, which I apparently <laughs> have." So, <laughs> you know, oh my god! It, it was real, man. So we get down there to set the stage, and they had. Uh, The way the the little cabin was decided, there was rooms on either side. They had a common area and a little kitchen in the middle. And and so me and my buddy were on one side, and and there were three other hunters uh, on the other side. They had been out all day, but we showed up closer to dinner time because we are going to hunt the following morning. And they said, you all going to hunt some hogs? And we said, yep, yes, sir, we're going to hunt some hogs. And they said, well, what are you going to shoot them with? And I said, well, we're not going to shoot them with anything. We're going to stab them with knives. And they started laughing. They didn't believe (laughs) us. they're like man you guys are crazy now you know we both look we both have shaved heads and goatees so we probably look a little nuts uh so hey, you know hey. this morning no offense bo <laughs> yeah right
2: it's radio bo
5: i had to, i'm painting a picture here right? yeah paint paint a picture go, go, of bo go. go ahead <laughs> i'm a wordsmith so we get up in the morning we're ready to go we're excited We got our knives with us, and it's weird to go on a hunt with no firearms or bows or anything. So I just got Uh this knife on my uh, Uh belt. And uh, so basically there's what's called a bay dog, and then there's a catch dog. The bay dog, you, you go out in the middle of the woods, and you cut the bay dog loose, and you just listen. You listen to him to start yelping that he's found a hog or he's chasing one or he gets it cornered or holed up or whatever. It takes a little bit of time. so. My buddy got his hog first, and it, uh, the bay dog caught one up in, the like, a culvert, so we heard he yelp, and we drove over, and uh, he was able to release the catch dog, which is some kind of terrier mix, probably got some pet in it, and then the, the catch dog was a sweetheart right next to me in the side-by-side, which I'm petting. And when he unleashed the fury to go after this hog, I'm like, man, I ain't going anywhere near that dog <laughs> <laughs> because he was on it, <laughs> like, like the devil himself. They grab the catch dog, grabs the ear of the hog, and it's a fight. I mean, they're, they're thrashing, jumping around, and you have to be careful because if that hog gets loose, it will hit you with the uh, the tusk, and the then tusk, it's, it's yeah. very dangerous. It's chaos. The dogs are barking and yelping, the pigs screaming. And so you kind of jump into the fight, and you, you try to find the opportunity to stab the hog in the right spot for a good, clean kill without getting bit, attacked, stabbing yourself or a dog or anything else. So it's a little bit hectic and, and, and chaotic, but then when it's over, it's over, right? You're just standing there all pumped up. So he got on his pretty well. The second dog jumps on the hog after the first dog does, it's interesting, it doesn't go at the pig until the catch dog gets on it. So we load up his hog and we go. We start over with the dogs, calm down because they're pretty wound tight. Back into the woods and uh, we release the bay dog again. And it's my turn. I'm excited. And uh, mine was a little bit different because mine ended up in an open field. Uh, and and so we were running the side by side, trying to separate the hog that he had. The bay dog had two hogs, and I wanted the bigger hog, of course. Right. And so we end up running along this old. Barbed wire fence line, and those hogs run about twenty eight miles an hour. I don't know if you know that those little legs are flying. Wow! And so the bay dog gets distracted and runs the smaller hog off. So all we have is one dog, and the guide with me says, "Do you want to do it with one dog?" And I'm like, "Of course I do. What could go wrong?" <laughs> so
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm fucking taking out not not brunt my buddy, right? So we throw the dog jumps out of the side-by-side while we're moving, and that dog goes after that hog, and they're they're fighting. He gets on his ear, and they naturally ho- know how to do this, apparently. So they're fighting. That this hog's flipping this dog around, and, I mean, it is insane. So I jump out of the side-by-side with my knife, and you can kind of I'm, – I'm trying to position myself to get – because the pig's, you know, constantly squirming and wiggling around, and the dog's pulling it in all these directions – so I'm able to – I had to put my hand on top of his back and reach over and put my knife in the double lung on the side, which is why the knife needs to be long enough. So that's a good kill shot in any hunting, right, whether it's arrow, rifle, whatever. So the yeah. double lung is a coveted mm-hmm. shot. I think I do pretty well, and I pull out. It's still fighting, because uh, as, you, as you may or may not know, when you kill an animal with a double lung, you know deer can run 100 yards. Right. So – uh I I see this happening, and I get another opportunity the way it repositioned straight away. So I reached in, and I was able to stab it up under the armpit and right in the heart. And it sprayed blood all over my arm. Like, it was a direct hit on the heart. And it died very quickly after that. Eight feet.
4: It was huge. It was huge. I saw the video. I need to
3: see this video because I've never never heard of anything like this before.
5: (laughs) Isn't America great? (laughs) the, The best part is I'm standing there visualizes the hog's bed, the dog's still sniffing around at it and I got a bloody knife in my hand and part of my arm's covered in blood and we're standing there talking about it. We're gonna you know, everybody's catching their breath and we're gonna throw this thing back up. I'm admiring the tusks. My hog was the biggest tusks of the day. Well, at that time we hear the other side by side coming up and the gentlemen that were rifle hunting, there was three of them with another guy and they pulled up on this scene with <laughs> You know, me and my buddy standing there with bloody hands and knives, and they're like, oh, my God, you really did stab <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> so I'm laughing so hard at this point. Like, the whole scene was just nuts. But they were like, there's no way. And one guy said, my family thinks I'm crazy. Wait till I tell tell them about you guys
3: down <laughs> so, here. So after, you know, after your first deer kill, usually there's a, there's a little um, – thing ritual? you go through. Yeah, a little Ceremony. ritual where you, where you might dip your finger in the blood and put it on your cheek or something like that. With a hog, is it is it the mountain oysters? What are you after there?
5: <laughs> oh, Yeah, you're going dances with wolves on me. So, you know, <laughs> it wasn't quite as romantic as that. We threw them in the back. And there, my hog was like 250 pounds. And so we horse this thing up into the Side by side, take it back, skin it, got it, you know, and, and and cut it up. And they actually uh helped process that and made sausage and which is amazing. It's better than Jimmy Dean. Like oh. I already had this for breakfast. My wife, who's not a big fan of eating the wild animal, I convinced her to try it. She loves it. She ended up taking some sausage patties to work the next day, like she's a fan. Like, it's really, really good. Because people have this thing, they say, Oh, it's gamey. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but when you prepare it right, it's delicious. A hog is a hog, right? So it was pretty incredible experience, though. And I, I don't know how I'm going to top it, but the adrenaline rush, the camaraderie at the campfire that, that evening uh, of you know doing this experience together, it just was incredible. Well,
3: Jim Allen, what a story, my friend. I'm, I'm telling you, oftentimes we'll have people on the show that will be describing this as a safari or, uh, you know, as so they've gone out west on an elk hunt or something. And I'm, like, I'm thinking to myself— God, I really need to try that. In your case, I'm not so sure that I'm ready to hop on the back of an angry 250-pound wild boar.
5: I have to tell you, I don't know what this says about me, you guys, but I was not worried. Like, I was very calm, walked up and stabbed this thing, and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I enjoyed the hunt, but I, I don't know if I'm some kind of high-functioning sociopath or what, but I did enjoy it. And, you know, to me, it's, it, regardless of the weapon, you want a clean, ethical pill on this thing and you know i want to harvest and, and eat what i kill and i love hunting and other you know my deer hunting has become less in missouri and somewhat down south because i have friends that have places down there and i actually got to deer hunt with my bow this year with some active duty army rangers uh which is a another incredible story and, and just you know hanging out with these guys there were some retired army uh rangers but some active duties and you know, they were able to get on some deer, and, and, and there's a, a group called Darby'sWarriorSupport.org, and that group just funds hunts for active duty and, and uh, retired military people. So, uh, you know, again, I hunted on the hog with a uh, retired Army vet as well, and I just I love our veterans and try to do that to build such camaraderie. But these stories, and these they're, they're fun to tell, but they're even more fun to live
4: man i bet i bet so when you were on the back of that hog did it remind you when you were doing my back piece on my tattoo 25 years ago
5: <laughs> it was almost the same thing but i think the I hog has less hair on its back oh, <laughs> oh no! Wow. oh man so bad. big
4: onion big onion jim <laughs> allen thank you so much for sharing your story and uh thanks for being on second amendment radio on the great outdoors buddy
5: right on guys thanks for what you do you bet man Merry jim Christmas. You're, you're
3: my hero holy cow <laughs> or holy hog yeah, he's the yeah,
4: he's the same guy that called me uh, January of uh, 2023 said you want to go hunt uh crocodile or alligators down in Florida <laughs> I'm like <sighs> okay I't know what how are we t- making I belts I don't know how you top something like that wow I know I know I but I will get the video uh he, I need it's to not see public that. I'm sure okay. but got. he did put a music he did put a rock and roll music you know bed to it a, a simple man or something <laughs> I' forget what it was but anyway good stuff uh it's holiday stories with Jim Allen on yeah. Second Amendment Radio on The Great Outdoors. I'll
3: think of it every Good time stuff. I eat bacon from now on. <clears throat> no kidding. <laughs>
4: All
3: right. Have a great weekend, folks. Uh, that does it for this edition. We'll see you next week on Second Amendment Radio in The Great Outdoors. See you, boys.
1: Get
0: more at 971talk.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News.